Okay, so um, this is where Camille has to do a little bit of editing because I'm going to say I'm glad you're out of the elevator. I'm so glad I'm out of the elevator. Dude. Um, oh, my God. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm, I'm fine. Like, thank you for uh, sharing that experience with me. Of course. <laughs> of course. That was the first time I've ever been stuck in an elevator. And yeah, there's never a good time for that. No, not at all. Um, yeah, no, that's that's what friends are here for, right? So get you through those tough times. <laughs> um, yeah, I put my power cord in. So, thanks um, for covering. I'm sure it went. I mean, I'm, I know it went great. I'm not even worried. Yeah. So we recorded that one on uh, on Camille's because you weren't available to give her the rights to record. <laughs> so decided to on that one. Yeah. So what do you need me to do this um, one already? Yeah, no, that's fine. And Camille can do some light editing for us. But once um, once we're done, I think you should be able to send the file to Camille, the video file to Camille. Okay. Yes. And then she's able to, and for the editing, all she's going to do is cut off whatever we do before I say that we're starting the episode and all that. Um we do put them on YouTube now, so you look fabulous. Um, Post elevate, great. And then, uh, and then they all, because of the way we upload them, they also do the audio version too, so people can listen to it if they want to. Um, great. I will say our least watched ones are when it's just Ben and I, so hopefully these are more greatly watched because it's just me and you two. Um, so. We didn't say anything about you uh, being on the other one, so no one knew you were supposed to be on that one, so don't worry. Great. <laughs> um, so I'll probably just, the stuff I was going to ask you about football for the world, we'll okay. do this one. Okay. And then otherwise, it's just going to be, we're just going to talk and hang out, and, and yeah, we'll see what we'll see what happens, I guess. We, we sure will. All right. Um, all right. So we'll start in uh, three, two, one. Welcome to another episode of Who Gives a Hoot. I'm wearing the same jersey. <laughs> um, I'm Ryan Legrand. I am joined again by Camille. Hello. And uh, we are now joined by Coach, uh, nonprofit runner, um, soccer guru, badass Monica. I don't know. I, I was trying to think intro. of like all kinds I of things. I love that intro. Thank you. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, um, first of all, congratulations on making it to the state semifinals. Thank you. Uh, goal, shootouts are always a terrible way to go out, but they played very, very well. They did. Um, I'm very, I, I am very, very proud of our team. I coached for Marion High School. They played their hearts out. I could not have asked them for anything else. And just, of course, a heartbreaker to lose that way, but. Very, very proud of uh, you. don't need to comment on this because I don't know how it works for high school coaches, but that one penalty went in. It went in. That's all I'm saying. It sure did. <laughs> when, when a fan can capture it with their cell phone from across the field and you can clearly uh, see the ball go across the line, that's, that's a bad call. Um, in fact, I have a hard time complaining about the refs we get for Union Omaha now because that was – High school refs are a different breed. I get it, but man, whew, 
Yeah. It, Camille, I don't know if you saw the video. It literally hit the mm -hmm. underside of the crossbar, fully crossed the goal line and bounced out. And they said it wasn't good. On, oh. on a yeah. During the shootout. It was, yeah. Yeah. It was yeah. tough. I, I, it, it's a tremendous video, A, that was captured. And then B, I mean, it's like that bittersweet solace of like, oh my gosh, like, you know, for this player, right? It went in, like, that's got to give you a confidence boost, right? But it doesn't actually change the outcome after the fact. Right. It, still, it still breaks your heart. Oh. Well, that's oh, okay. Cause <laughs> that's okay. Cause uh, you and I were texting on Monday, um, watching the, the girls state final and, uh, I, I told Camille earlier, uh, I had to turn it off at halftime because, um, they were, they were down, they were up five nil Gretna was on, yeah. on my nights and there's only so much of that pain I can take. I know. I know. I know that one hurt you too. No, yeah. I, I, um, I would have loved to see a Gretna Marion matchup, of course, and this is not a high school soccer podcast, so we don't have to spend okay. a lot of time on this, but it's I would local soccer. obviously love to see a, a Gretna Marion matchup, but <clears> I will like definitely not take away anything from your nights. Like it's so proud and like, so happy for those girls as well. Like what an accomplishment to get runner up at state. Like that's, yeah. that's huge. That's so huge. And so I'm really glad those girls at the end of the day, got that opportunity to play. Yeah. I mean, first Lincoln team since 2012 to make a final. So oh, yeah, it's pretty cool. Those stats hot, like, Oh yes. <laughs> well, I should also mention that the, the Southeast was the last team to do it too. So um, uh, Omaha, Omaha has these like ways of having periods of time where they dominate state sports. And then a Lincoln team will randomly like yeah. just show up and do stuff. So Lincoln it's always nice surging definitely like they've yeah. been they've been growing and surging in at least girls soccer I can speak to that so last thing I'm going to say on this somebody oh, on the parliament discord said uh what's in the water at Gretna and somebody replied rich people oh <laughs> now you're speaking <laughs> to my football for the world roots for sure um hey good real. transition yeah that's a good transition so what's new in the football for the world world yeah. Thanks for asking. Thanks for having us on. Uh, yes. As Ryan said, my other hat is one of my hats is executive director of football for the world. So um, no, we're like back in programming mode, full force, which is so exciting and just like jam packed with, again, like providing free opportunities for kids in Omaha to get access to like really quality coaching, um, which I think is just so important. That's why we do what we do is how do we bring quality coaching to kids that can't afford it? And so programming for summer is about to be in full swing. We're bringing on three different interns to work with us this summer, which is always fun. Um, and just love like connecting obviously with people who are committed to that football for good space. Mm -hmm. So um, programming side of things about to kick off, get a little bit crazy. Shout out to the staff that just like make it all run so smoothly at football for the yeah. world. And You're then very small staff. We do have a small staff, small but mighty. That's right. Not many of you, but yeah. So many, but so many volunteer coaches that like also make the magic happen and then supporters. Like we know this isn't like possible without all For the supporters. Sure. So um, that extends to Omaha Parliament. And then just working on our mini pitch projects. So like the very first time I was a guest on the podcast, it was our goal is five mini pitches in five years. And one has come to fruition. The second one is funded and hopefully being installed this summer. And the third one is hopefully being installed this summer as well. So we're like well on track. And that third mini pitch to give it like 
the preview is going to be one that's like a really great community hub, I think, for everyone to come play pickup to like drop in and play, pay $5 and have that money that you're paying to play, like be reinvested and provide an opportunity for someone else. So I'm excited about bringing that model to Omaha and can't wait for that project. Has the third one been announced or so you Um, it's like, you know, out there in the universe and on the, who gives a who podcast now. So yeah. Well, I didn't know if you were able to say the location of where it would be. I'll wait for now. I'll wait for That's now. Okay. It'll, it'll come soon. And um, yeah, it's exciting. Number two is the Jackson Elementary one. Yes. Yes. Which Omaha Parliament uh, proceeds have benefited. So. Fantastic. I'm excited. Yeah. The next um, question is like, should we ask them to change their mascot from the Jaguars to the Owls or <laughs> just let me know if you need me to put in a word. No, it makes, <laughs> see, it's. Here's the thing that uh, I don't know if either of you know about me, but I like alliteration. So okay. I like when it's the Jackson Jaguars, that That's stuff. Important. Or my daughter's school is the Picot Pintos. Like, I like that. I think it's hilarious. I'm here for um, So I'm good with it. They should keep it up. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Just checking. Just checking. Oh, yeah. Uh, so that's <laughs> awesome. Congratulations. That's great. You guys got so much going on. And Thank you. Thank you. Of course. Um, all right, so we are here today to, or tonight, I don't know, Camille, time has lost all meaning. Um, <laughs> yes. Camille told me that nine o'clock's her bedtime and it's currently 10, so 17. I, so I'm kind of in like a lucid state right now. I'm not actually awake, just warning everybody. I respect <laughs> that, you know, and like time gets lost when you yes. get in an elevator as well, so. Hey, we weren't going to say anything. <laughs> Oh, Nelson. And then Nelson. Also oh, Nelson. Nelson has to be on the pod. Nelson. He wants up, to Nelson. On the- he wants to be on the chair again. <laughs> um, okay. So uh, tonight we're going to talk about the uh, preview of the U.S. Open Cup, next U.S. Open Cup match against Minnesota United. Um, we'll talk about the draw a little bit. We'll preview Minnesota. Just kind of talk a little bit um, just to see where we're at. But First question I have is, uh, did either of you watch the draw? That's a no from Monica. I can see it in the face. <laughs> no, I didn't. I was in the office that day, and I missed it. Okay, so here's Camille the first thing they did. Too. Like, Camille had an alibi. <laughs> like, straight up had an alibi, at least. Your, uh, your honesty is admirable, Monica, but you don't have to have it every time. <laughs> um, so... They put it on the Football America show, which is on ESPN Plus. Um, cool for two reasons. Kirk Gomez uh, talked about Union Omaha and said multiple times that we have the coolest crest in U.S. soccer. Um, and then I tagged him on Twitter, and Peter's going to send him some gear. So go Union Omaha. Um, the bad part was, and everybody on Twitter complained about it, they put the draw at the end of the show to make you watch the show. Um, oh, yeah. So all the people I mean, that tuned that, in, did that tactic work? It, well, it worked for me, but it also made all the people that were in my house go outside and leave me alone for a little bit. So that was nice too. Um, but it was, yeah. I mean, it, it's not a bad show. I just, I was there for one specific reason, and I think a lot of people were. Um, they must have known because both hosts made comments throughout it, like, oh, "I'm sure we're getting flamed on Twitter for not doing this draw right away." Were you um, also flame, one of the people flaming them on Twitter? I was not, no. Um, I was excited for two reasons. Number no, one. I believe that. 
is also the second. Wow. Game. Wow. First of all, there'd be receipts, Monica, because people could look on Twitter. I'm, I'm just, I'm, you know, <laughs> you invite me to be a co-host. And so I'm here to ask the really tough questions in the wake of like um, Luke and Ben and Riley's absence. Like I'm here to, you know. I hadn't started drinking at that point. So no, I wasn't being mean on Twitter. <laughs> um, which actually neither of those things equate because usually I get happier as I drink. So um, it's, you know, it's a thing. No. So they got rid of the cards, which was nice. Uh, although doing the uh, the unscrewing the balls doesn't work as well when you have four pots with only four balls in each one. Um, it was it was a little awkward, but uh, and they had the host draw. So um, format change was nice. I don't know, Camille. Have you watched the other ones? I'm not gonna ask Monica. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Had you watched them, Monica? Just call me when there's an NWSL draw. Just call me. Then. Okay, that's yeah. fair. Well. They do need a side note. They do need their own U S open cup version. I'm just hopefully as the super league gets going and the W leagues go in, they can actually do that because. Yeah. There's not really any, any ability to do that at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, It's kind of like on FIFA when you play it on, uh, on the gaming system and you play the U S open cup, but it's literally just a bunch of MLS teams because they have no other American leagues. But, hey, the Women's FA Cup in England is super popular, and I think it would do very well here, too. So um, I, I will, if that happens, we will definitely call you. <laughs> um, so the draw this time was to set up the round of 16 and the quarterfinal uh, set up for home and away. It also pretty much set the bracket, so we know where we could go should we continue winning. Um they always do it odd. So they do H1, which is home one, and then H2. So the the winner, so Houston and Sporting Kansas City got drawn together. Sporting's hosting, uh, obviously then Houston's at Sporting. The winner of that match gets to host the quarterfinal matchup, the round of eight, or the lead eight, whatever we want to call it. Um, so if Omaha does beat Minnesota, we don't have a chance to even host until – a semifinal, I guess. Which would be awesome if we hosted a semifinal. Yeah. It would be. They also jack the price way up. Yeah. <laughs> the, cost, the hosting fees go way up. So um, I, I would guess Gary would probably foot the bill just to have a home, a possibility of a home semifinal. Um, so Minnesota United got the other hosting gig, which means we travel to Minnesota. Um, so first thoughts, what do we think about playing another MLS team? Monica, I'm going to start with you. Like, bring it on. This is so exciting. This is what the open cup's all about. And union Omaha and Mims and like their team are going to step up and like, what an exciting challenge again. Like this is what it's all about. And so I think it's just exciting to ride that momentum of, Hey, like we've done this before and we've played against Minnesota before. So bring it on. Yeah, for sure. What do you think, Camille? I agree. I just think we've talked about this before about how the team team is fueled and how they perform. They perform off of a challenge. This is a challenge and this is something that we're excited about. We're going to come out and play at their home, just like Chicago. We're going to be excited. It's a, a new atmosphere. It's an exciting atmosphere. Yeah. 
And I think, again, the challenge continues because now we're the only USL League One team out there. Yeah. So it, it, it's exciting. I know that they're excited and we're going to see it show. Yeah. Um, side note, Omaha Parliament got to be the people that informed a millionaire that he his team was going to make twenty five thousand extra dollars if they won the game that we ended up winning because he had no idea that there was a prize. Oh, my gosh. The oh lowest tier gosh. team to make it to yeah. So wait, can you know, can you like share that story? Like how, yeah. So this is the time uh, to elaborate on that. Yeah. So for people that don't know, uh, the lowest tiered team that goes the furthest each round gets a bonus of twenty five thousand dollars, and then it may go up. So because we were the only tier three team to make it to the round of sixteen, we won that. Uh, so Gary and. Uh, a couple of the other minority owners owners uh, rode orbit with us, which that was the first feat is we got millionaires on the bus. Um, but as we were waiting for the bus, we were all chatting and John Ryan said to, to Gary, so this is the 25 K game. And Gary's like, wait, what do you mean? And he's like, yeah, if you guys win this, like we get a $25,000 bonus. And Gary literally said, why have I not been, why have I not heard of this yet? <laughs> Like, oh, Gary. Um, so, yeah. We, but also, like, rich people problems. You don't realize that 25K is coming to your team, I guess. Um, also, I mean, Gary doesn't get that information if he's not riding in orbit. So Yeah, see? Plug, I'll plug public transit once again. Exactly. Mm-hmm. We just keep finding better ways for public transit to be part of this whole thing. Um, but, yeah, it was interesting. I mean... It, it's not a ton of money, but for a club our size, it can cover travel costs. It could cover bonuses for the players if they want to. I mean, there's absolutely. A lot of um, uh, Ryan or Camille, do you have insight as to like how that money could or would be allocated? I don't even think that's something that they've discussed yet. If I'm being honest, I have no insight at all. I mean, I what I would love to see is it going to uh, bonuses for, I mean, front office or even players, but who knows? I mean, travel is huge. It's expensive and um, fees, uh, different things that who knows? I don't know. Fair. Um, I was just going to, we have what, 22 guys on the team right now? I don't, I think so. I don't know. I mean, you're talking about $1,100 a guy for a bonus if you do it for the players. If you throw in a few front office people, it's a little under a thousand dollars. I mean, these guys, they don't make a ton of money, a little bit extra money in their pocket for being in the modern age of the open cup, being the, one of the lowest teams to make it this far. Uh, I know Richmond's won it and it was a long time ago when they won it, but the, everything looked different. Yeah. MLS was brand new back then. Richmond has been a team for a lot longer. It's, it's a feat that they've made it this far. So we'll see. I mean, because they didn't budget this money because no one knew it was a possibility, who knows what they decided to do with it. Right. Um, and we might never know. We actually probably yeah. will. Well, you know, we'll see. <laughs> it's kind of yeah. like uh, working at my nonprofit that I work at. And sometimes we don't know where donations go. They're like this percentage goes to this and we're like, cool. Sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my my unnamed nonprofit that I work with. What about playing on the road? 
Cam, do you, Camille, do you want to say? Yeah, that? yeah. I think, as I had mentioned before, I, I think it's exciting. I mean, obviously, we always would love to host, but playing on the road is exciting, and I think playing at Minnesota is nice. Mm-hmm. Almost all of the options that we had for where we could play were going to be beneficial for us, I think, yeah. um, except for Houston because yeah. it's further I'm glad away. We avoided the Houston one. Oh. Well, I'm, I'm like. I would love it because that's where Dalton's family is. That's where he's from. Oh, okay. But none of none of the guys would be used to that kind of weather. Yeah. So we dodged a bullet there. And so now we're driving up to Minnesota or flying, and it's going to be a great place to play for them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we went on the road against Chicago, which is we've done it once. Um, so I, I think that. I think that they're not going to be intimidated by that, which is good. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Monica? I think, um, of course, like would love to see a home game again, just to like draw Omaha fans and like get that buzz and excitement. But obviously that didn't happen. So I just think again, like the opportunity to play in a really sweet stadium against an MLS side, like what a great experience. It'll still be a really great environment. And um, it sounds like there are some supporters that are heading up that yep, way. Yep. So uh, we know it'll be like a still a supportive environment and we'll have our fans there as well. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll shout out Minnesota's, uh, main supporters group. They reached out to parliament and I think a couple of the other groups here almost immediately after the draw. And we're like, let us know what we need to do. We can get group tickets. We'll help you out. Um, so I think they've estimated, total fans going like 40 to 50 people from Omaha, maybe going up. Now those aren't all parliament people, but yeah. I mean, we, we could have a pretty decent crowd for a, we- a Wednesday. We have probably it's... 10 people for Dalton coming alone. Yeah, there you go. So we have, yeah, we have fans. We're, they're excited. Yeah. It's good. I mean, I think the Chicago one was a, was harder for people to figure out because we weren't sure, but and, and a Chicago drive is a lot more it's a it's a lot longer you know it's closer to eight nine hour drive this is about six five six depending on who's driving um <laughs> but it sounds like a lot of people are carpooling from parliament uh getting together so yeah and if they're not going they'll be at corner kick so the game will be on there too which is where i will be because i am not driving to minnesota early in the morning and turning around and coming back and then having to work after that i'm good I love this team, but that's a lot. And this, this might be motivation. Like maybe I'll finally unbox the TV that's just like still sitting in the box so that I can watch the game on ESPN. Otherwise, you'll also find me at Corner Kick. We'll As I say, or just come to Corner Kick. And- yes. Yeah. <laughs> that's the keep, have some, have some keep the TV. <laughs> keep your TV in the box. It's fine. Just go to Corner Kick. Just They're just TVs. <laughs> That, that requires, you know, opening the box, right, right, lifting the TV. That's a lot of work. All right, so we got uh, we're playing Minnesota United. I did a little history. Now I Wikipedia historyed this, so uh, I know a few Parliament people and uh, people that watch and listen are Minnesota United fans. So if I got anything wrong, feel free to at me. I did this. Neither of these two did this. Um, so they were the 22nd club to join MLS in 2017. Uh, they technically didn't move up from NASL. They just replaced the NASL team. I don't know. They, 
I think it's kind of like what North Carolina did. Like they folded, but then they dropped down type thing. So they just went up. Um, I believe that LAFC was supposed to be this team and Minnesota was supposed to come after them, but LAFC wasn't ready. So Minnesota got bumped up a year, um, which may explain their first two seasons weren't great. I mean, expansion team and MLS, uh, as much as they like to think their draft is is worth something, I don't know that that's the best way for people to get players and teams to get players. So I don't know if they're ready. Um, so I really – I looked at stats from the last, like, three seasons and then this season. Uh, in 2019, they actually made the U.S. Open Cup final, lost to Atlanta 2-1, to one, um, which Atlanta United that year was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, they ended up finishing fourth in the West – uh, and then they had their first playoff match that they lost. Then they lost in the first round. Uh, 2020 was our fun COVID season. So they did that super uh, awesome. That's very bad sarcasm. I was not a fan of the MLS's back tournament. Um, I thought it was not well done at all. Um, but they uh, made it only the semifinals in that, losing to Orlando City. Finished fourth again. Then made a little bit of a playoff run. Uh, beat. Colorado and SKC 3-0 in each game and then made the conference final against Seattle and lost to Seattle. Um, The hard part about that one that I read, they were up 2-0 with, I don't, I think it was like 15, 20-ish minutes left in the game and Seattle scored three in regular time to beat them three to two. So yeah, it wasn't like Seattle ran all over them like they normally do. and They got a couple lucky goals. They were winning that game for the majority of it. Uh, last season, they finished fifth. There was no U.S. Open Cup, so no run there. Uh, finished fifth in the West and lost in the first round to Portland. So, so far this season, um, they have four wins, two draws, five losses. They're currently sitting 10th in the West. Um, they're sitting at, z- at zero for their goal difference because they've scored 12 and given up 12. Um, I found this interesting. I and I just, I think with how Union Omaha plays, I, I want to know what you guys think. Seven of their 12 goals so far in MLS have come from open play. Um, so how do you think that affects our team and how they, because the two goals we gave to Chicago were both penalties. Um, so we haven't been, we hadn't been scored on by an MLS team in open play yet. I think this is a true test for how we can defend. And if we can stick with, the MLS teams. I, we saw it with Chicago, but the fact that their primary form of scoring is during open play, it'll be, it'll be a true test to see if, if we can truly do it. I mean, I have full confidence that we have a very solid and connected defense, but it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Camille, I always like when you speak to the strength of the defensive line. And then um, <laughs> in a game like this, I think it is a test of like, I'm going to say like temperament, patience, and just like the mentality and that, you know, like, can our players step up and not make fouls that give them, I mean, yeah, seven from open play, four set pieces and a penalty. So five and seven, 40 some percent, you know, like close to 50%. So can like, can our team manage the game and then manage play to not give up set pieces is what I'm going to be looking for. And that difference of like playing smart and fouling smart versus giving up a silly foul. Sure. It's interesting too, because they're 
expected goals is something I'm worrying more from Ben because I think Ben understands it way better than I do. But they're underperforming in MLS. I mean, they have almost 15 expected goals and they've only scored 12. So, you know, they're already underperforming there. So then, yeah, they've scored 12, but you wonder, you know, what's happening with those other ones. Um, I will admit I don't I haven't watched a lot of MLS this season. So uh, mostly because Sporting Kansas City has been trash up until their little run in the U.S. Open Cup here. So uh, it's been really hard to watch my MLS team this year. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think that I think if it was at home and playing, we likely would have played at Warner. I think our guys would have been fine. It's a small pitch. All those guys would have been complaining. Uh, playing up there, those guys are used to their field. Um, we just got to hope our guys don't – it was like the Chicago match. Don't give up something early. Hang with them. Build that confidence up um, and go up with the confidence. Uh, yeah. The other stat that's interesting – They've averaged 48% possession in MLS. Uh, as we know, we are a low possession team. So what uh ball's just gonna, what do you expect? gonna be in the air the whole game. No. Yeah, no, for real. Yeah, I I also was thinking <laughs> as far as how just playing an MLS team, I'm always nervous about how we're going to play because we do get fired up and we do get excited and aggressive, but what does that mean for our possession? Already we have a low percentage for possession on our typical games. So what are we going to do? Are we going to primarily be a counter-attacking team where we just try to get those quick opportunities on goal, or are we going to try to actually play and pass like we saw in the U S open cup previous game against hailstorm and how we were able to play in the center in the midfield and pass it out for through balls. It'll be interesting to see. I'm going to anticipate. Um, I could be wrong. It does happen a lot. Uh, and I'm going to anticipate, like, I would expect us to try to force that, like pick our weight, be patient, hold our shape, press in a certain moment, force a turnover again, not like pressing constantly. Like we know we, I, no team can press constantly the entire game. Our team has a higher ability of doing that than others. But I think in this game specifically, it's going to be okay. Hold our shape, hold this, let them possess. Minnesota's possession is going to go up, pick our moment, force the turnover. And then to your point, like force a quick transition when possible and try yeah. to try to get a goal. And, um, and go from there. That's definitely yeah. our strong suit, I would say, are those counterattacks. So hopefully we can tune into that. Well, I think, you know, can we on the last pod, we talked about how Connor and JP are a good complement because either one can go forward and either one can fall back. Mm-hmm. And this is a perfect game where that's helpful. That, you know, either one can fall back and help us defensive cover and the other one can push forward. So we have more attackers when we want to attack. Um, you know, we, we talked in the last pod, Monica, about how against Hailstorm, we almost, when we attacked, we almost went to a 3-4-3 where one defender would push up to the midfield and then, you know, Noe would move, move in the middle and either Joe or somebody would kind of, Kamal would push up or Hugo would push out. And, you know, I'm a big uh, an Ajax person, right? But uh, Johan Cruyff was the, the whole idea of total football, but that – that was his thing. Like have as many attacking players as you can, but also have guys that can do multiple things. 
Dalton's a great example of um, he's he's played up top in his past. He's played defense, but he's a guy that's comfortable dribbling out of the out of the defensive line if we need him to straight up the middle. But we have a guy like Connor that could fall back and cover at center back if we need him to. And that's that's a lot of what that is. And as you get those guys pushing forward, it opens up a lot, lot more. And it's not something that a lot of MLS teams do. You know, uh, LAFC kind of plays that way, especially when Bob Bradley was there. They had a lot more um, of, the, of the Barcelona, you know, look to them, whatever that you want to call it. But not a lot of teams play that type of possession. Um, yeah. So it'll be interesting to see. And what would either you, Monica or Ryan, what would your preferred formation be for us coming out against Minnesota? We've seen a few now already at the beginning of the season. What what do you think would be our best chance? I don't know if I have an answer for that right away. I have to think about that. So Ryan, you get to you get to step up. That's a great question. It is a great question. I think the hard part, as we've talked about many times in this podcast, is Jay really Jay only has a formation because he's told he has to have a formation. Um, he, he really does enjoy like having guys be able to fit in different positions and cover where they can. Um, I look more at what the team should be. I'm hoping that our lineup is similar to what we had against Colorado. Um, I want Isaac and Ryan out there. I think, I think Dalton and uh, Tush have really developed a good partnership in the back. I think that that's, a good center back pairing and they're both tall. So against an MLS squad, having two tall center backs team that scored off four center uh, set pieces in in MLS, you know, you got to have some tall guys in there that can help get that ball out. Um, I don't, unless JP's walking around on crutches, I think we're going to have a hard time having him not on the pitch. Um, I hope Joe's okay from the Richmond match. Cause I think Joe adds a, a dynamic there. Um, I don't know what's going on with Dion, but either Dion or Kamal, I'm comfortable with. Um, so I, I think it's, I think it's the eleven that they send out there. If it's that eleven that played against Colorado that seems to be gelling, I think that we have a better chance um, going forward. I don't know. I didn't really truly answer your question, but no, that was a great answer. Yeah. Answer, well done. I know a little bit. No, no, that was, honestly that was. Um, walking through that lineup and I think the players that you mentioned like are a good combo and like starting to mesh like start starting to get into a rhythm right like that's just it like all of these players are starting to gel and Mm -hmm. figure out as they go and so add new players coming in layering that together good thing we're on video so everyone can see this (laughs) and um and then that added pressure of like, this is a, a fun game and a great game. And like, there's pressure and, and excitement around it. Yeah. I, I think people get frustrated when I say this a lot, but you know, you coach high school. Um, obviously you both played college, you know, we've had that, but it's very similar to those. This league is that setup, right? Like you have seniors that are leaving or older players that leave. You bring in new players that are younger sometimes. And every season you're going to have that certain amount of turnover. And I think that's why Jay fits this league so well, because he knows that side of it. He's done college. He's coached in developmental leagues. He's done all that stuff. He understands what it takes to get guys to get together and kind of gel. And he picks really good leaders. I mean, 
you know, again, we talked on last pod, but Connor is a fantastic captain. He has a lot of experience and he brings that to the pitch and those young guys gravitate towards him. And I think that adds a lot to it. And that's what you want to find when you're on there. And, you know, Monica, I'm sure, you know, as a coach, there's times when you have a team and you're like, it's not clicking yet, you know, or this might be a rough year because this, these two certain groups of young players and older players aren't quite gelling together. Sometimes you have that and coaches see that early on. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, no, that, that's a, that's a good point. And I'm thinking <clears throat> with any team, especially with players from a different age range. Yes. It is like as much about on-field tactics as it is like, how do I get these players to mesh together? Mm-hmm. What I think Mims and this level has going for them is like Mims is very articulate, like very good at articulating. Here's the game plan. Here are the tactics. This is your role. This is what we need to execute. And if you're playing at this level of being a professional athlete, this is like, you need to understand your role in this position. And so um, I think particularly that's why Union Omaha is going to be able to find success. And like, if they're able to execute, like there's, there's going to be a very sophisticated plan behind the scenes. So um, hopefully these players that helps them accelerate that process of like meshing, because I've been given very clear instructions about what my role positionally is in this game and like how this needs to be executed based on today's game plan. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So I told, I said earlier, they gave up 12 goals. What's interesting is in that they've also had three clean sheets. So that means they've had, multiple games where they've given up multiple goals. Um, I was looking a little bit at their win-loss. A few of their losses aren't bad losses this year, but they also lost to Cincinnati, um, who Cincinnati is probably one of the worst MLS teams. Um, So I think they've been kind of up and down uh, throughout the season. For U.S. Open Cup, just quick rundown of their run so far. Uh, They've only played two because of when MLS comes into the Open Cup. so their first match was at forwards. So they played at Bree Stevens. They won 2-0. Um, and then the second match was uh, at home against Colorado, and they beat Colorado 2-1. to one. Um, So they scored four. They've only given up one. I did another little data dump here, but they've in, – in the Open Cup, their four goals have been two from open play, two from set pieces. So um, pretty even when it comes to Open Cup, uh, but also a smaller sample size. Um, overall nine goals total from open play and six from set pieces. So they're, they're really not, it's not like they have one real strength either way. Um, Ryan, do you know, how does that 12 goals given up compare across other um, MLS teams to date? Let me look real MLS. They're in the Western conference. So I just, I'll look at the Western conference real quick. And while you're looking, I will also mention, I I mean, personally, I have not really watched a lot of MLS uh, games. And so, (laughs) so I am also interested to see up on the formation topic, what kind of formation they play and how they're generating these open play goals. Is it coming from the outside and crosses in, or is it coming from um, a couple passes in the midfield out or through balls, it'll be interesting because we do have a fairly solid defense as 
far as our defensive line, as well as our defensive center midfielders. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how our tactics mold with theirs. I, I just have no clue what to expect there. Do we, either of you? No. no. I, I mean, honestly, I even if I was following MLS closer than I am this season, I don't tend to watch Minnesota. Um, I usually just having a child and a busy life, I will watch my teams is basically what I do. And so the only time I would, would see them is if they happen to play sporting. Um, so to answer your question, Monica, in the West, uh, somehow Austin is in first place in the West. I don't, but Austin FC is in first place. They've given up 11, but they've scored 24. So they've scored twice as many goals as Minnesota. <clears throat> um, let's see. She either froze or she's really holding that pose really well. <laughs> um, I'll keep. So in the top four for the West, Austin's given up 11. LAFC's in second place. They've given up 13. Dallas in fourth place has given up nine. And then LA Galaxy or Carson have given up 11. So, I mean, giving up 12 isn't far off. It's just they're not scoring. Right. Um, the top three teams in the West have 24, 23, and 20 for goals scored. Um, and that's through 12 matches. So um, they're, they're rolling through pretty good there. Um, so, I mean, I guess in comparison's sake, I think it probably just comes down to what's it's probably coming down to what's happening with those goals scored. So Austin and LA Austin's in first place because their goal difference is higher than LA's um, and probably their goals for, but they're both seven, three and two um, where Minnesota's four, five and three, four wins, five losses, three draws. Um, so, I mean, you know, they have, you're back. They have, they have two more losses uh, than the top two teams and one more draw. So that's seven points right there that, that you've lost just for that sake. Um, I don't know how much you caught of that, Monica. I, I caught all of it. Thank you for looking that up. I was curious because of, to me, that stood out as, okay, you've scored 12 goals that you've given up 12 goals. So yeah. to me, I'm like, all right, great scoring opportunities, right? Like if you're giving up goals, like, and I, so that's why I wondered where it actually compared um, across the other teams. Yeah. And their home record uh, in MLS, is, uh, this is on the MLS website. So their home record right now is three wins, two, uh, two losses and two draws. Um, so it's not like they're dominating at home either. I mean, it's, that's fairly even for, for your record when you've played an odd number of games at home anyway. Um, the away record is what's killing them in the league. They have three losses and a draw on the road and only one win. So, I mean, that's, that's what's hurting them in the league, but, um, <clears throat> you know, I mean, obviously the more goals you score, the, the better position you are in to win. So, um, and if, if you're only scoring 12 and you're giving up 12, that it's going to make it harder to, to win in your league. I'll keep that up in case we need to go back to it just for comparison's sake in the East. Uh, Philadelphia Union are in first place in the East. 
They have five wins, one loss, and six draws. They've only scored 16, but they've also only given up nine. And then the two teams below them are NYCFC and Montreal. They've both scored 23. NYCFC has only given up 10, but Montreal's given up 21 goals. 21 goals in 12 matches. So that's nearly twice as many as Minnesota. Video because our faces said it all. It says that, yeah, that says it all right there. Um, I mean, I guess we've kind of given this a little bit, but uh, Monica, I think you said it earlier. Uh, Omaha's had some success against Minnesota uh, in the past. We've played them in friendlies, closed door friendlies, where somehow scores still came out. Um, but we haven't lost to them in those friendlies. I don't know who they actually played against us. I don't think they actually threw out like they're good players, but I guess that goes to it. So yes, this is the round of 16. Yes. This is probably when the tournament really gets going. Uh, Minnesota plays on, I believe on Sunday. And then they have us on Wednesday and they also have a, a game that following weekend. So what do you think the likelihood is that they roll out a bunch of kids or that they actually throw a starting lineup at us, like a full strength squad. I think it'll be half and half, personally. Yeah. Yeah. I, I that was kind of my instinct too. Again, with very little insight into the mindset of an MLS coach, but I'm thinking like, all right, games on both ends. What does my rest period look like? What are my chance? Like, I'm not gonna try to take this team lightly. I'm not trying to get upset in the Open Cup, but. <laughs> Um, who do I, yeah. So who do I have available? And then how can we sweep, like still come out with a win again, if I'm Minnesota, how do I come out with a win? Mm -hmm. What players do I have to have on the pitch? Okay. What, who are my substitutes or who are my players that I can fill in with and still take care of business? So to Camille's point, it's that here's who we've got and, and here's who we want to have, get some playing time. For sure. I think the thing I wish the U.S. Open Cup was a bigger deal like these types of tournaments are in other countries, um, especially in Europe, because if if this was England and this is a Premier League team that's sitting in 10th or 11th place, you know, and hasn't doesn't have a shot of moving up the table. All of a sudden, now your coach is throwing everything at the FA Cup because, hey, it's my chance to get a trophy. Right. Um but that's not the mentality here. Like the mentality here is no, our league season's important because we got to play off place and we got to try and push for MLS cup. And so if I have to play some kids in the middle of the week, I'll do that and sacrifice that, um, that chance of that trophy, because it's not a big deal. I mean, it's, it's just not one of those things. I, how many U S open cup matches have either of you watched prior to Omaha making a run in the open cup? None. Yeah, no. I mean, like, oh, here's a highlight, or like, oh, it happens beyond. Let me check the score. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for me, it was uh, the couple times that uh, that Kansas City has won the Open Cup, and I watched the final. I didn't watch any other matches leading up to it. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and part of that may have been access. I don't know how it was streamed or broadcast before ESPN Plus, but. It's just, it's not made to be a big deal here, you know. Uh, In Germany, the Pokal is still the very last match of the season. 
the regular season ends before the cup final. They don't do that in England as much anymore because sometimes it gets moved around. But FA Cup is still one of the last matches, you know. Uh, they made it a big deal, you know. I've read so many books where, like, the people writing the books are like, I, that was a big deal for my family. It was the only televised game for years that was that was shown. So they just open cup. It's been around for a long time. They just don't have the same name recognition. Um, all right. So Monica, you this were the plug like ESPN plus, like this is where you go to watch this game. That's right. Get your subscription now. Start your free trial seven days. <laughs> no, for sure. I, I laugh because, uh, I shouldn't laugh at my parents because of this, because they don't know. But my dad's like, so can we watch that game the same place we watch all their other games? I'm like, yeah, <laughs> sure can, dad. Um, but hey, they watch. That's what that's what really matters. Yes. Um, all right, Monica, you had brought up if you were the Minnesota coach or you were on that team, what you have to what you would think you need to do to win. What about Omaha? What is coach one day? What, like, no. <laughs> what what does Omaha need to do to win this match? Um, I mean, I do think like what I anticipate Union Omaha trying to do or, or needing to do in order to capture this match or like, come home with a win is going to be those quick counterattacks. Um, and really like picking that moment of like, what's the cue? And, and to be honest, I haven't scouted Minnesota, um, I haven't prepped the, I haven't prepped my pseudo team in order to like what's be prepared for against Union Omaha, but um for Union Omaha, it's all right, what is that cue gonna be? Who is who is their weak outside back or their weak center back? Or like what player is it that when that person gets the ball, this is when we go, this is when we press, force this player to get the turnover. Okay, everyone midfield step up, or like it's it's gonna be one specific moment that they're able to capitalize on, get the counterattack, sneak one in, like get one in the back of the net hopefully it's a banger of a goal maybe it's an ugly goal like I'm not, <laughs> I don't care I don't care how the goals get scored um and they all count the same like, yeah and then really ride that momentum they only don't count when they get called back in state semifinals but um <laughs> that only happened and, and you know how that only happens to Dalton so we're okay yeah, yeah it's true <laughs> so hopefully that's not the key moment but I, I do think it's going to be like, here's the cue, recognize it, cap, capitalize on it, and then write that momentum and write that, that wave. To the W. Yeah. Yes. Camille, any other thoughts? or? No, I think that'll definitely be a tactic that they use. I, I also think mentality is going to be huge. I, I mean, Monica, you touched on it briefly, but it's going to be all about working hard, but also staying composed during all of this. You got to be relaxed and wait for your moment, especially against an MLS team. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the thing that was uh, noticeable against Chicago was our guys stayed so calm when big fouls happened and their guys were immediately yelling and getting upset. I love and, to see that. Yeah. And I think that's fair. Like it, it goes both ways as well. Like MLS players, how are you going to react if or when this a situation occurs? Right. When you get scored on by a, yeah, US. <laughs> yeah, I will say I, I think Mims knows he Adrian Heath, you know, just from the coaching circles and knows him fairly well. I I don't think Minnesota's coaching staff is going to take us lightly. 
Um, I don't think they're a staff that's going to go, oh, yeah, they just want a tier three. They're going to go, no, these guys want a championship. Like, they know how to play, and they know how to coach these guys. So I, I don't know that they're going to take us as lightly. I think what it comes down to is who are the guys they play? You know, if they bring a bunch of guys up from their two team, that this is their first first team start, and they're under the big lights too, our guys have at least played against these teams, and they have that, you know, It'll be show, it'll be telling if the match is like zero zero late. Like plot twist, we've been like, oh, let's stay calm and composed. Like plot twist, no, we also know Mims. Like he knows how to get a squad fired up. Like, <laughs> he knows how to get Throw everything I said out the window. Like let's yeah. let's poke the bear. Let's go <laughs> for sure. True. Well, I, you know, and the thing is, is if we're up one nil or zero zero late, and they start throwing on their top players like Chicago had to do that will be telling too of what their mentality was going into this match. Or if it's zero zero and he leaves the guys in that he started and he's like, no, I'm riding with the players. Adrian Heath does. Then, you know, he, he really thought that was a squad that could win it. So yeah, it'll be interesting. Um, so we talked in the last pat last pod. I don't know, Monica, if you got to watch the Richmond match, we had a couple injury subs, uh, Shido got kicked in the head. Burrito came off. Um, who are we hoping is available? I kind of went through that hailstorm lineup. That's kind of obviously who I hope is available. But who are we hoping is available? Um, who, who are we hoping to see for Omaha? Do we do we have updates from any of those players that came off? Um, no, but uh, Jay Mims' favorite coach of all time is Bill Belichick. And uh, in true Belichick um, manner, he doesn't like to talk about injuries. So, in in our mind, nobody's injured because there's never any injury reports. Ever. Actually, that's not true. The injury reports come out right before the person's about to come back into the team. It's true. It's true. So, case in point, Evan. Now is Ryan frozen? Uh-oh. I was wondering if that was me. <laughs> no, I, I, I want to save, literally save face, but <laughs> it's got Ryan now. Well, Monica, go ahead and answer while Ryan is, is thinking. Attempt- I mean, yes. Yeah. So, like, I, I want to see Shido back in goal. Um, and I, to be honest, I mean, I think Ryan covered it pretty well with, like, that, that lineup that he went through earlier. Um, I've enjoyed a, my internet died. That was fun. All good. All good. I was just saying, I want to see Shido back in goal. Um, the lineup that you had like stacked up (coughs) earlier, I think is promising. And, um, I'm enjoying watching, watching Malcolm on the wing and like up top as well. And so I think people are really excited about him. So yeah, that's where I'm at. Yeah, I want to see I want to see Rashid back in goal for sure. I just feel like the comfortability and having him here for the past or for three seasons now is just always beneficial. But uh, I'm wanting to see Isaac back out on right back. I think he's proved himself there, and I think he would be beneficial to be physical and have a little bit of some more speed on the right side. I, I would love to see Dion back on the field. 
I think he has been very helpful, but then the question arises of, okay, Dion or Kamal, who's going to mm-hmm. show out and, and prove themselves for that starting lineup. So it, that'll be really interesting to see. I, I think you can't go wrong either way. They bring two different things to the table. And I think I would also like to see, I don't know. I, I'm wondering if it would be something that could be a, a good opportunity for a change with somebody new with Noe up top. I mean, it could be something where Minnesota is actually genuinely scouting our team and how we right. play and who's going to be playing where. Is it an opportunity to switch things up a little bit in the attack or do we keep things how we have been? So it'll be interesting. I don't know. So I, I'm, if you dropped Hugo, would it be Ricky? I don't know. That's a good question. I feel like it's too early in the season to have a preference. Yeah, I not that he's played poorly. I just have been less impressed with Alex Bruce. Um, and so I would I would think that if you don't start Hugo, it's probably Ricky up there. That was the sub against Hailstorm. Um, that seems to be the sub. Uh, this has been a season, Jay, a little off, uh, off Jay's normal trend because he's actually mixed the lineup up pretty good through a few matches. Um, he has his core guys, but um, he's tried some different things already. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. I think it depends what's going on with Dion and Joe too. I mean, if either one of them are truly hurt or if Joe was just a precautionary thing, he had heavy legs, he took a hard hit, let's get him off and let him rest up. Um, <laughs> while that was a position of wealth, with Gio having a torn ACL, and if Joe and Dion are both hurt, all of a sudden that becomes a position that gets really thin really fast when three Absolutely. of your players are down. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think I think the starting 11 against Hailstorm would be amazing to have um, to throw back up there. So, Camille, I think you said it was Isaac that you touched on. <clears throat> Is that right? So I'll just say like the one piece of scouting or just like the one player from Minnesota that I'm familiar with is O'Neal Fisher, just because of his Jamaica connection and his speed on the outside is like definitely a player in like any matchup, whoever he's up against on the field is one that I'm going to be watching really closely in that game. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. We brought the Jamaican flavor too, though. Oh, of course. Of course. Like it took Mims almost three seasons to do it, but he did it. I remember uh, being president of parliament in the first season and uh, Matt Hominoff uh, telling me better have a Jamaica flag ready. And then it never happened. And I was like, but dude, we were ready. <laughs> and it didn't happen last season either. So um, that's all right. Failed attempts. Huh? Failed attempts. Well, I, yeah, I think Ben and I talked about it before. Had we not gotten Greg last year, Kamal may have been that player. Um, cause Jay's had his eye on him for a while. So I think Kamal was that guy they've already, they've been looking at and they've had him in for trials before. Um, but you can't pass up a guy like Greg Hurst and obviously it worked out last season. So, um, and it's working out for him in Phoenix this season so far. So I, I can't fault Jay for taking that show really fast to get the, <laughs> there we yes. go. he is though. He's playing so well. Anyway, this is not the Greg Hurst podcast. Um, <laughs> Uh, 
So you you talked about the the one Minnesota player that you know, Monica. But anything else that worries us about Minnesota in general? Not specifically for me. I just don't have an, enough insight. And I think for an MLS, like you're going to draw a team for this round. Like I'm excited about the matchup. I think there's going to be confidence coming in from having previous games against them and coming out with decent results. Like yeah. whether it was their backup squad or not, like you carry that with you and, and bring some of that confidence going into the match. So it'll be fun. For sure. Yeah. It, it'll be interesting too, because their experience in competitive play was forward. Um, and while forward isn't like us in the sense of the attacking, like they try to be a counterattacking team, but they don't have the players for it necessarily. I, I think that if they take that as their litmus test, I think they're going to be really shocked at how our players play. Um, I think forward's going to be shocked when they play us again of how much different our team looks from that 2-2 draw. So, um, All right, any predictions besides pain? That was, that was my Rocky reference. No one got it. It's okay. I feel like it would be um, a 2-1 win if we were to win. I think there's going to be goals on both sides, and I think it'll be a close game back and forth. No penalties this time? Oh, I hope not. <laughs> They're the worst. Yes, they suck. Right. Um, always optimist. I'm going to go <clears throat> one Owls as well. Okay. I um Ryan. <laughs> I hate being a pessimist. Um I don't know. I, I get different when the lineups come out because I was pessimistic pessimistic about Chicago and then their lineup came out and I was like, oh, they're not taking us seriously at all. Um I think that if we can hold it together for the first half and get to the half, I know this. We talked about the uh, last Open Cup match, and Camille said she doesn't like going to half uh, without a goal. But I think if we can get to halftime at zeros um, and turn it on mm. the second half, I think we can sneak out a 1-0. What is, what is the stat on when Union Omaha scores first, when Union Omaha scores in the first half? I know Ben's not here. I'm putting you on the spot. <sighs> Has that been shared recently? Like, where are we at? Um, I think Ben did a little bit. Well, he did that from, uh, with a draw, like draws from a winning position versus from a losing position. Um, I know last year we had, I think it was five or six draws and the majority of those were from a, uh, well, from a losing position. Like we were down a goal and we came back and, and got the point. Um, now obviously in league play, that looks different because you're okay getting a draw there. Um, my, my non, uh, empirical evidence backed up way of thinking of it. And the way I think of this team is if we get a goal in the way our defense plays, generally, if we score first, we are winning. Um, so I, we played so well defensively against Chicago. I think this team can come out and play that way against Minnesota. And as long as, uh, Eddie Gordon isn't trying to, uh, kneecap somebody in the box again um, and giving up a, or slide tackling someone in the box to give up a bad penalty, I think we're okay. I mean, we would have beat Chicago 2-0 if, if we wouldn't have had – or actually 1-0, but 
we would have beat him one nil if we wouldn't have given up two really bad penalties in that one. Keep it interesting for everybody. That's all. Yeah, they can't do that to me. I, <laughs> I know I'm not super old, but it's it's getting to a point where I can't handle that stuff. Um, my wife laughed at me during that match because I watched it at home, and she's like, "You are way too stressed out." And I was like, "Yeah, I know," but. Which was funny. Uh, watched the Europa League final and was not stressed at all being a neutral. I was like, "Oh, this match is fun to watch." What's that like? Uh, I don't know. It was, it was penalties, and I was like, "Oh, whoever wins wins. Cool." Um, so, yeah, I I don't know. I mean, I I can see a one nil. I think we don't we don't tend to park the bus, but I think that if we can get one, our guys are good enough to defend. Um, I don't want to score early, and that's only because I think if we score early, Minnesota's going to put – they're just going to go forward. I agree there. Yeah, I don't think that would be beneficial for us, even though I want us to score. Um, it could happen at a better time. And I, well, my blood pressure would be high the entire game if that happened. <laughs> for real. Well, I think, you know, we've talked a little bit about whether this team is going to be a second-half team or not. But I think when you've had a lot of games where your goals have come – early in the second half or halfway through the second half and you don't score in the first half and then you do for once, I think it really throws you off. It changes early goals, change games for both teams and people don't, I don't think a lot of people realize how much that can really affect the game plan. Um, so I, I hope it's not one of those, like we get one in the second minute and then we're hanging on for 88. That, that I won't, I won't survive that one. Hey, but if our tactic is to, to act on those counterattacks and that's the only opportunity we get and we score, then we got to take it. I mean, uh, pros and cons, it's just going to be stressful for the viewers. Yeah. And probably Jay. (laughs) And Jay. Yes. All right. Uh, Anything else about the U S open cup or this match? I'm excited. Yeah, this is fun. This is exciting. And I hope people are paying attention. This is fun. Yeah. Um, the there's a Twitter handle. It's a guy that it's called the open or the cup.us. And he, he just tweets about all the games and stuff. And one of our local sports people uh, called the open cup, the small version of the FA cup. And I don't know how this guy got a hold of this tweet, but man, he was like, what do you mean small? And like went after the guy about it. I was like, it's okay. Our local media has no idea what's going on with this match. <laughs> like it's Not okay. Not yet. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm hoping this type of a run and then another successful season brings more of that out. Um, you know, to, to come full circle to the beginning of the pod, uh, state soccer w- is always so well covered. Um, both boys and girls tournament, are, it's well covered. And, you know, they have people at the stadium. They have, you know, they're, they're tweeting live updates, all that stuff. I, I hope we can start bringing that energy towards the professional team too. Um, Cause it, it just grows the sport more and more in the state. So yeah. Cool. Anything else for the good of the cause besides that it's two hours and 15 minutes past Camille's bedtime. I'm barely awake. You're, you're doing great. Thank you. That's why you drink that coffee earlier. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, well, Monica, thank you so much for uh, helping us out. Thank you for having me. Of course. You know, you're always welcome. You just never come on. 
Wow. <laughs> Dang. Wow. I believe this was the first, like, you know, true invite. And y'all caught me at a weak moment. And I agreed. <laughs> <laughs> um, Happy to be yeah. here. For sure. It's, it's Luke's fault. He's not here to defend himself. So we're going to blame him. 100%. And if it's not Luke's fault, it's Ben or Riley because neither of them are here. So. All right. We got one last question. Camille, do you want to do this one? Ooh, sure. Who gives a who? We, we do. do. Oh. <laughs> we do. All right. Um, I, I think you can stop the recording without ending this. I really didn't know what the last question was like. Here's the thing I did, but um, I knew the phrase, but I truly seeing the notes, I thought like, oh, there's a surprise question. At the end. No. Um, okay. Did you watch Jay's interview? I didn't. Uh, I like. Did you listen to it? This really fast. 